There's a, a story of a reporter at a baseball umpire's clinic. Is that better? There we go. At a baseball umpire's convention. I'm sorry, I think I said clinic. And he was interviewing various umpires about how they can make such split-second calls on balls and strikes when some of them are going 100 miles an hour. So he asked one umpire such a question, and the umpire says, well, son, there are balls and there are strikes, and I call them as they are. So he wrote that down. So he goes up to another umpire, an old-timer, and he asks the same question, and the old-timer says, well, son, there's balls and there's strikes, and I call them as I see them. So he's like, okay. Then he goes to a third famous umpire, and he says, how do you do it? You know, they're coming at you so fast. And the umpire said, well, son, there are balls and there are strikes, but they aren't anything until I call them. <laughs> and actually, that's what we believe here at Unity, and that's what life is. You know, every day is judgment day because we decide it is. There's a, a story in Genesis that God actually gave Adam and Eve the gift to name a thing. Whatever that thing is, whatever they decide it is, it is. And that's so in our life also. And we're still naming things today. We call a thing a thing. It could be a person, a place, a thing. Whatever we call it, that's what it is. We have people that come into our lives and we get to decide are we going to call them friend or enemy. And if we decide to call them friend, we stack up the evidence to show that they are our friend. And it all comes from what we've decided in our own mind. And we share this information and we say, look, the rose, they must love me. But if we've decided that this person who came into our life is an enemy, then we look for and we accumulate information that informs people that this person is an enemy. Look, look at the rose. They must be trying to buy me. And it's all from within us. It all is a choice, a decision, a judgment from within us. And then we go to Matthew 16. And Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah. And others say Jeremiah, the one and one of the prophets. And he said, but, and he, now he's talking to the apostles. Who do you say that I am? So Peter replied, You are the Christ, Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Carnal knowledge did not give that to you, did not tell you that, Peter. It is not flesh and blood that revealed that to you. It is the Christ within you that has revealed that to you. And it is that moment that Charles Fillmore saw Peter as the foundation and the faith of what Christianity is based on. But I saw that in the moment as Peter's wisdom, Peter checking in to the Christ within him and saying, you are the Christ. And then we get to go on in our life every day and decide, am I going to see the Christ in you or am I going to see the human in you? This month, we're looking at the power of wisdom. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, realized that Jesus attained a certain development of his soul. And at that point, he called in his 12 disciples. Charles has helped us see the metaphysical interpretation of Jesus calling in 
these disciples and what that means for us in our lives today as we live on this planet. As we develop our personal consciousness into spiritual consciousness, we begin to deliberately train, deepen our understanding, and use these powers more effectively. Wisdom is the ability to judge, to evaluate, to discern. It's the, also the ability to have intuition. It's shown by the color yellow. It is found at the sternum or the pit of the stomach. The apostle is Jane, James, son of Zebedee. Now, last month I made an error and I said the feminine aspect of strength was Mary of Salome, but she's actually the feminine aspect of wisdom. She's the soul clothed in thought of wholeness, soundness, love, peace, and truth. She represents our intuition, and that's all a part of our wisdom. The actual feminine aspect of strength is Tamar, Tamar the daughter-in-law of Judah, and she represents the consciousness of victory or conquest through uprightness, the overcoming power of the soul. Sorry about that mistake last week, guys. But wisdom is not dependent on reasoning, intellect, understanding, or deduction. It simply shines through us. It's a light that illuminates us. It reveals whatever needs to be revealed. Let's take a couple of examples. Let's say like our checkbook. We can look at our checkbook and see $5, $1,000, maybe even $10,000, and we think that's it. But that is our physical manifestation. That is not the real truth. Our spiritual consciousness, our spiritual attribute of wisdom tells us there's unlimited prosperity. There's unlimited amount of money out there. It's just about us being open to let it in, to receiving it. Another example of this is, let's say we're driving down the highway and somebody cuts us off. A lot of people get very upset with that. A lot of people feel like that person is being rude or disrespectful. That's coming from our personal ego, our personal consciousness. But when we come from our spiritual consciousness, we could see the Christ in that person and it doesn't matter that they're cutting us off. This, can you see the difference in the consciousness between the personal consciousness and the spiritual consciousness? Some ways that you could see if you're accessing your wisdom is ask yourself, what kind of umpire am I? Am I calling it as I see it? Is I'm, am I calling it as it is? Or whatever I call it is what I decide it is. What is the self-talk that you're using? And how do you make choices? Do you make choices to have a fuller, healthier, happier more fulfilling life? If you are, then you're using your power of wisdom. Judgment day is every day and every minute of every day. It's here now. We use our power of wisdom to judge. And we need to use our best wisdom and good judgment to choose what is worthwhile, hopeful, helpful, healthy, healing, peaceful, and for the good of all. Especially when we're making tough decisions to always use our wisdom Heaven and hell are not places, they are states of mind. Now, our power of judgment is not the same as being judgmental. Being judgmental usually means we're doing a comparison and making somebody better than and somebody less than, and that's not what we're talking about. So we don't wanna condemn. The power of wisdom is li linked to the power of love and the power of faith. And the pow power of wisdom, faith, and love, they work together. So I wanna read you something from the New Testament, James 3, 13, 15. 
Do you want to be counted as wise? To build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do. Live well, live wisely, live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself wise or sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, first of all, is pure and full of quiet gentleness. Then it is peace-loving and courteous. It allows discussion and is willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It is wholehearted, straightforward, and sincere. That same verse in the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament is, what is the test you shall give yourself to see if you are currently following the beacon of your true desire? Ask only this, what do I want now? If you find that you want anything other than know thyself, you have also discovered that you have veered off course. Take this moment to reconnect with your truth and you shall also be redirected in the direction that you shall go. So although when I first read those two scriptures, same scripture, but from two different perspectives, they sounded very different to me. But then as I looked deeper, the scripture, the New Testament scripture, talked about coming from wisdom is, is coming from that quiet place, that full place, the place of peace-loving and courteous. And that's what we are. That's who we are when we know ourselves. Know the truth and the truth shall set you free. When we are true about who we are, we can come from that place and we can allow others to come from that place. That's true wisdom. We apply this inner wisdom to the decisions we make, the words we speak, the ideas and beliefs that we have in our mind. Centered in spirit, our decisions are made with direction and confidence. The kind of wisdom that knows no fear and the kind of wisdom that knows that it's present all the time. The kind of wisdom that is guided by love. Wisdom and discernment come from experience but also from listening to that inner still small voice. Wisdom transcends book knowledge and intelligence. Intuitive wisdom is the divine presence within. Has anybody ever said, I had a feeling or I thought that was going to happen? That's the divine wisdom. That's the connection between all of us that we know. We know when someone's going to call. We think of somebody and they call. Another name for God is something told me. <laughs> or something told me. I had a feeling. This is that connection. <clears throat> the tempering, compassionate power of love is needed to balance our power of wisdom and judgment. Wisdom brings love into balance also. Love without wisdom is lust, and it could be very destructive. Love without wisdom can be a relationship that has no boundaries. And I don't know about you, but I've been in many of those, and it's very painful. We, I've lost myself in situations like that. I'm going to give you a couple of stories. Think of Hitler. Hitler loved his country, but he had no wisdom. He had no faith. It was just about his country. A personal story is, I love my nephew. 
we were very close from when he was an infant till he was about 16. And then I met my husband and I don't know if it was between him being 16 and I met an amazing man that he wanted to hang out with more than he wanted to hang out with me. But anyway, I would call him. He wouldn't return my call. Gabe would call him and he'd be like right there. So I was like, okay, I got this kid's number. I'm just going to have Gabe call him whenever I want to talk to him. So when Louis decided that he was going to go into the Navy, I was devastated. I didn't sleep for three months when he was in boot camp. I was a wreck. And my husband would say to me, Teresa, he's a young man who knows what he wants. Like, that's really great. And I'm like, no, it's not great. Anyway, he comes home Christmas Eve, surprises us all. It was really awesome. And I saw this man who was truly happy. He loved being in the service. He loved what he learned. He loved the camaraderie. I was just grateful to see him happy. About a week later, my brother decides to have a party for him because he's got to go back. And so we all go over there. And my brother says to me, go and ask Louis about his heart, about his artwork. I'm like, okay. And I'm kind of excited. Like, oh, he's into art. Like, that's great. That's what he did before. Now, for those of you who don't remember, who weren't here last week, I, was, I shared how Psalm 23 was my mantra and is my mantra. It gets me through really hard times. And I feel a personal connection with that psalm. So I go into Louis's room and I say, Louis, what's this artwork that your father's telling me about? And he kind of rolls his eyes and he's taken off his shirt. I'm like, what the heck? And he turns around and tattooed on his back is Psalm 23. And I just started to cry. He had no idea that this was my, no idea. And in that moment, I realized my connection with God. I realized this was a message. This is what I chose to believe. Okay, this is what I decided. This was God's way of saying you are connected. Don't worry about him. Have faith and have wisdom, not just love. And I remember that story and will never forget that story. I actually had asked Louis to take a picture of his tattoo so I could have it. I still haven't gotten it yet. But anyway, love and wisdom combined brings our mind and our spirit into balance. It's a great synthesis. Jesus always took Peter, James, and John to pray with him and to make decisions. Peter represents faith, James represents, James represents wisdom, and John represents love. So those are the three attributes, the three powers we should take with us when we have to make decisions. Faith, wisdom, and love as our helpers create amazing, amazing challenges in our life or help us greet those challenges. We make our best, most creative and balanced decisions when we combine rational and intuitive thinking. We arrive at our best judgments when we honor our head and our heart, thoughts and feelings, logic and intuition. Now there's another scripture, John 7, 24. Do not judge by appearance, judge by right judgment. And then the Holy Spirit's interpretation of this particular scripture is for those who lose the sense of yourself as you see yourself now to lose your sense of the world as you see the world now is to lose your sense of what is false and to gain the realization of what is true if you hold your fear out for a sense of self-protection i've done that and hold out onto your unwillingness to embrace the light you also hold out on your unwillingness to embrace the light. You must embrace the light to share it. You must be the light so it should, could shine through you. 
When we are being judgmental, we're coming from a place of fear. And it's time to look at that fear and say, if I have faith and I have strength and I have wisdom and I have love, there's nothing to be afraid of. You can go into prayer because, you know, prayer doesn't change God, right? Prayer changes us, helps us to see it in the way that is going to help us. It allows, this is what will bring us into the light and be able to share the light or have it shine through us. Speaking of light, I spoke last month about Thomas Edison. He had lots of failures. He had a thousand failures of creating the light bulb before he actually got it right. And he was asked, how do you keep trying when you've experienced so many failures? What he said was, they're not fa failures. I got lots of feedback. That's wisdom. That's looking at it from another perspective. So ways to cultivate wisdom. Ask. Solomon tells us, ask and it is given. Seek, you shall find. Knock and the doors open. So what are we asking? Well, we could just ask for wisdom. We could also ask, what is mine to do? What is my next step? But not why it's happening. We have to remember that every encounter is a holy encounter. Knowing every challenge and opportunity is helping us to grow and to get closer to God. This kind of reminds me of Al-Anon. I remember um, many people talking about when their qualifier, their addict comes home and passes out on the floor. To not try and pick up that person and bring them to bed because you, you could hurt yourself. Just take a blanket and put it on them. And this way here, you're setting your boundaries and you're taking care of yourself. You're not enabling and you're allowing that person to see what they've done. Having compassion and boundaries. Solomon also teaches us, give me a discerning heart. And what that means is, there might be some unlearning that has to happen. We learn so much from our family and from our experiences that were painful and old patterns, and much of that we have to unlearn. I've been praying for guidance because I'm not doing any chair massage right now, and it's been a year. And so the last three weekends have been major answers, like one on top of the other, all the same answer. But it was like one of those times, I guess I needed to be hit overhead with a brick. But the first weekend I had a, a workshop retreat called Love, Living Love. And it was put on by a woman named Victoria Price, Vincent Price's daughter. And it was fascinating to hear her story. But her whole message was, if you want joy in your life and you don't feel like you have it, at least spend 20 minutes a day creating joy. So I started dancing every day for 20 minutes and it felt great. It brought so much energy back to me. The following weekend was my seminary weekend and halfway through the weekend, our deans, everybody has a dean. There's about 60 of us. So we, there's like a dean has like eight kids, eight kids, <laughs> eight students. And uh, he sends us a message saying, I'm going to be sending out your spiritual stretch. And I'm like, spiritual stretch this isn't a stretch enough i mean like week after week it's a stretch i was afraid to open the email turns out everybody in our group was afraid to open their email but what my spiritual stretch was what keeps getting in your way of going within and following the guidance that comes to you and i was like wow this is what i talk about practically every time i'm talking right we teach what we need to learn so that was 
pretty awesome. And another thing about seminary is once that weekend happens, from that point on, we have to take on an activity or something that the next month's um, tradition practices. So this month we're studying the indigenous people. So what I did was I incorporated the joy of dancing with <clears throat> African drumming. So now I dance to African music every day. I ask my husband, he's, he laughs every time. But it's so invigorating. I get so much joy out of it. It's wonderful. And then I sit quietly for 15 minutes and I journal with spirit and see what comes through. And it's been so helpful for me to just chill out about this time that I've been blessed with this year off to do this work, to do this seminary work, to see that this is mine right now, not to question it. So the fourth question is, what is in the highest and best good for all involved? And again, this may mean tough love. This may mean unlearning some things. So I invite you to make choices from and using the power of wisdom and discernment knowing every step and choice we make from a place of wholeness, perfection, and joy. It's an invitation to cultivate spiritual wisdom as taught in the 12 powers. A lot of us may want to ask for what we want in this world. Spirit, show me what it is I have to do to get what I want. I know I've done that many times. I actually prayed for so long to meet a man. And when I went through that experience that I talked about last week and, and he died, I said, that's it, I'm done. I'm so done with men. And about three years later, I was out and I met an amazing man sitting over there. We met dancing. And two months into it, I had decided that's it. He's not the right guy for me. I'm going to break up with them. But it was Valentine's Day weekend, and I could break up with them on Valentine's weekend. I'd be mean. So he shows up on Valentine's Day with this beautiful heart-shaped jewelry box. And I knew this jewelry box. It was very unique, but I knew it. It was very familiar to me. So I went and I looked, and it turns out it was the exact same jewelry box that Michael had given me, I don't know, 10 years earlier. But again... I saw this as a sign. I had gotten chills when I realized it was the same thing. And that was my body, my visceral body telling me, do not break up with this man. This is the guy for you. And also my best friend said to me, start looking at the things that are working and not the things that aren't working. So once again, I learned how my body tells me things and how my wisdom will keep me doing the right thing if I keep tapping into it. Right, Gabe? Right. <laughs> So I also have been talking a little bit about the 12 steps every, every month. And this month, step five, I think, is where we have to call in wisdom. We need our 12 powers with each and every one of the steps, but I think there are certain powers that we call upon more. And the fifth step, admitted to God, ourselves, and another human being, the exact, exact nature of our wrongs. I think we need wisdom because we need a lot of love and intuition here. We need intuition on who we're going to share this list with. And we need to know that we're good anyway. So I feel like wisdom is the perfect power to call upon when we're doing step five. So in summary, inspiration and education without action is merely entertainment. And we are still in Lent, so it's a time to get closer to God. So to allow the light of wisdom in, we ask, 
We ask for wisdom. We ask what is mine to do. We ask what is my next step. We ask to be, have a discerning heart and be willing to unlearn some things. We ask what is the highest and best thing for all involved. And the way we get answers is we go into meditation or we take time in nature. We listen to meditative music. We could read poetry, get involved in a hobby, drumming, chanting, dancing, journaling, asking spirit, or pray affirmatively. In all of those things we have, we leave our minds open for spirit to come through and hear the answers. And maybe something else that works specifically for you. But our affirmations for today are, I am wise and use good judgment. I am balanced in my wisdom, using my head and my heart. I am the light of wisdom. So remember, knowledge is worth nothing without wisdom and love. Turn on the light of wisdom and with your heart fully engage. Discover what is best for all involved. Judgment day is upon us. You always have a choice. Make it for the good of all. Thank you so much. I'm your sister in prayer, possibility, and prosperity. I miss you. I appreciate you. I love you. And until we see each other again, know you are blessed and you are a blessing.